Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Power 5 bottom feeder on BYU schedule. Is there such a thing? You make the call. Jake Fisher of Sports Illustrated makes the call on the closing window of Jimmer Fredette's NBA career. Plus, the latest from BYU PGA star Daniel Summerhays in Scotland and USA Volleyball's Taylor Sander in Poland. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. The party's here on the west side. BYU Sports Nation Live and Radio Vision, Friday, July 15th. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, alongside Nitro Circus Stunt Coordinator, Jerem Jordan. I'm going to help out with some of that stuff this weekend. Um, the Nitro World Games are in Salt Lake. So Travis Pastrana and all those guys, which I, I used to love watching that TV show on MTV. Come home from BYU and watch that. And they did a movie <laughs> and everything. They do a ton in Utah. They're doing some crazy stuff up there in enemy territory. Here's my thing. What would ever inspire, speaking of Travis Pastrana, somebody to do a double backflip on a motorcycle? I don't know, but those guys are crazy, and that's why it's fun to watch. You have to be certifiable a little bit, right? Yeah, and yeah. Listen, I, they're they're wild, so they're going to have a prime time event this weekend. Anyways, enough promoting their product. But anyways, it's gonna it's gonna be wild, crazy stuff. I would never do. So I enjoy watching other yeah, people. Give me the foam pits, the, those yeah, like yeah. ginormous foam pits that those guys train they, in. They have oh, some maybe. They have some soft landing areas, but not all of them are. <laughs> like I saw, I, I've. Saw some guys eat it, like on bikes and scooters, and luckily the motorcycles, no. but I, I value life too much. <laughs> I value the ability. You also have your British Open. To be safe. I do on. have my British Open get up on. You have white pants on. White there. golf pants. Everybody's uh, white and gray golf talking shirt. about your white pants. Let's go. Let's go, Danny Summerhays. <laughs> At the Open Championship. I believe we will check in with uh, Al- uh, Albus Dumble Linton Third <laughs> in a bit. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines on this Friday. Tanner Mangum, named to the Walter Camp Award watch list, given annually to the player of the year. You should see the quarterback company he keeps on that list. They broke it down by position, and there were only 40 guys total on this list. This is for player of the year, okay? So that's pretty good honor. Uh, no fif- asterisk on this one, fi- by yeah, the way. Yeah, thank you, Barry Bonds. Only 15 quarterbacks, and Taysom Hill not in there. Taysom Hill, the forgotten man. Like, I know Tanner Mangum is on the Walter Camp Award watch list, Davey O'Brien. He's going to be the backup quarterback, is in he, my opinion, to start, start the season. Damn. So it's nice when your backup is on the Walter Camp Award. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. It's a luxury for Ty Detmer. And we'll see, of course, but I think it'll be Taysom Hill. Last night, Jimmer Fredette had 12 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals for the Nuggets against the Jazz. They advance to the quarterfinals Don't of it. the NBA Summer League Las Vegas spectacular. That's, a, that's enough of that. Okay, We're not going to break down the Summer League. Get out of here. Oh, and now for an update on Daniel Summerhays, let's head to Royal Troon with Albus Dumbelinton the third. Thank you, Jerem. Daniel Summerhays finished his second round at the Open Championship earlier today. He is tied for 61st after shooting two over today. Back to you, Jerem. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Oh my. I love that. Now, the expected cut line is two over. So he's right at Let's it. Let's go, Danny. He's right at it. Hopefully, he doesn't drop. Uh, by the way, Brennan Lund 
didn't take long to get a promotion in professional baseball. That's exactly right. He's been promoted to single A. Uh, he was in rookie league within A. So he moves from the Ormouse to the Burlington Bees, a.k.a. the Burlington Coat Factory. Uh, they play tonight against the Lansing Lugnuts <laughs> at 730. They, these minor league baseball names are a piece of Americana. That you have How many of you know which Burlington Brennan Lund is headed to? I know. I thought because it was I, Vermont initially. I know right? because I, I looked it up. Yeah, it's not Vermont. It's in Hawkeye, Iowa. <laughs> so he goes from Orem down the street to Iowa, to Iowa, to Colin Coward's favorite state. Oh snap! All Hawkeye fans uh, now hate BYU Sports Nation as well. <laughs> I don't expect that many of them are watching. It's okay. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Week Power 5. Wait a second. Week Power 5? Well, we fulfilled our oxymoron quota for the show, but there is a method to this madness, Jerem, in relation to media days for the Power 5 conferences. Mm. Media days mean preseason Media polls. Yesterday, the SEC and the Pac-12 released their projections with the following results for BYU opponents this year. In the Pac-12 South. Wait, isn't BYU a member of the Pac-12 South? Half a member. They play three games. Okay. UCLA picked to win the division. Utah third. I believe BYU picked to finish second and a half in that uh, Pac-12 yes, South. Yeah. 2.5. <laughs> they received votes. That's weird. Arizona fourth out of the six teams. Then we move to the SEC West, which is, this is hilarious, okay? Mississippi State picked to finish last. They visit Lavelle Edwards Stadium in October. Seventh out of seven teams, but listen to the teams above the Bulldogs. And I will go from top to bottom in that SEC West media poll. Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Auburn. Then Mississippi State. Yeah, it's the strongest division in college football. (laughs) So yesterday I tweeted, hey, the SEC media thinks that Mississippi State stinks. And a, uh, and a bunch of people were like, they don't stink. I was like, relatively speaking, within that division, yes, that's what I'm talking about. But not all SEC teams are created equal, Spencer. Five of those seven teams will probably be ranked in the top 25. In the SEC. In the SEC Not West. in that division per se. No. Maybe, though. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Within the division, that's pretty good. Like, like the <laughs> Pac-12 South, you remember two years ago? Utah finished, or Arizona State, or someone finished fifth, and they were ranked in the division. That's pretty good. So, yeah, obviously a strong division, but are they, are they, uh, are they weak? Are yeah. they the worst? Yeah, we'll let all of you be the judge about how much stock you're going to put into the fact that Mississippi State yeah. was picked to finish last. People don't like judging, Spencer, but we're going to ask you to do that today. Yes, yes, be we judgmental. are. We want to make all of you uncomfortable today. <laughs> So much negative connotation with judgment. You have to make good judgment. Like, is my kid safe in this area? That's a judgment. Like, why is everyone so afraid to judge? I don't know. Just make maybe because there's a scripture that says, "Thou shalt not judge." JST says that it's uh, judge righteously. Let's open this discussion. Let's open this discussion to all six Power 5 teams BYU football will face this season, not just the SEC West or the Pac-12. With our Twitter question. 
Who is the worst Power 5 opponent BYU faced in 2016 and why? I love a, this question. It's in fact, a strong word. I requested that we say the word worst, okay? <laughs> Use the hashtag BYUSN at P underscore Notorious. Utah, because they're our rival. They may not play the worst football, but undoubtedly they are the worst. <laughs> I, it all depends on how you define this that's, question. That's right? an early elite tweet of the day. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll see if it makes it later. Yeah, yeah, Hawk. Oh, Eagle. So for me, it comes down to three teams, and Utah is not one of them, although at P underscore Notorious makes a compelling case with the way he defined <laughs> yeah. and answered that question. Word usage. It comes down to three different Power 5 teams, and it starts with the season opener against Arizona. This is a team which we have talked about a couple of times with different analysts on this show, Jerem, that really is searching for some sort of conformity and uniformity, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They, they're searching. And Rich Rodriguez said yesterday at Pac-12 Media Days, we're trying to figure out what the heck BYU's going to do. They're worried about BYU. BYU doesn't exactly know what they're going to do either. They have an idea. But, yeah, because you look, you look at the schedule, okay? You go Arizona, okay, potential candidate. Mm-hmm. Utah, no, I think that Utah's a, a good, solid team. They lost Devontae Booker, Travis Wilson. They have question marks. Their defense is going to be loaded. Yes, they're always good defensively. West Virginia, maybe. Okay, Michigan State, no, 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 that team's solid. They don't lose at home either. Um, Mississippi State, interesting, given what the SC media thinks about them. And uh, there's your six, right? So uh, UCLA, obviously strong as well. Yeah, I look at Arizona, and that's the one that pops for me. That's the answer to the question. It to has, me, that's it, the worst it has power to five be. And, and even then, seven and six last year, they returned on New Solomon, who was kind of injured. Even then, he's not necessarily the starter. There are a couple other guys. Uh, Orlando Bradford, Brandon Dawkins are competing for that spot. But, like you said, they need an identity, especially on defense. They fired the defensive coordinator. They actually hired Boise State's defensive coordinator. That worked out for BYU decently well, I think, last year against that guy. So they were in the hundreds in defensive rankings, scoring, passing, rushing, total. Last year, they stunk. They were terrible. So at BYU... They led, were the worst! Led by... <laughs> they were the worst! Yeah, exactly. They were one of the worst. I, I think that Arizona's the answer here. Although Mississippi State is intriguing, and so is West Virginia. I'll tell you why I opted to go with Arizona over Mississippi State right now. Do you all remember Manny Diaz? Oh, yes. The defensive coordinator for the Texas Longhorns in 2013 came to Provo under Mac Brown, and then BYU proceeded to run for 550 rushing yards, Taysom Hill for 259, and he lost his job shortly thereafter. Manny Diaz was the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State last year. Okay, but not this year. <laughs> he looked at the schedule and said, wait, BYU in Provo? I'm out. Now he's at Miami. He's at Miami. <laughs> now, he did announce that in January. Taysom Hill announced that he was returning February 16th. It's not about so Taysom. It's about was, BYU and Provo. I was hoping that it'd be he was he went to Miami February 17th. <laughs> the day after but that, Taysom. That's not the case. Oh, Man, all, all joking aside. No, always joking included. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, it's Arizona because there, there are so many question marks. And when I saw when when I was first presented with the idea that West Virginia might not be a great Power Five team, I thought, well, that's weird because ESPN's Football Power Index is saying that that will be the toughest game for BYU to win all year, even tougher than at Michigan State. Here's why: BYU stinks when they go to the East Coast generally against Power Five. They're just bad. They're just really bad. That 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 amount of travel for whatever reason is tough. Like 2013, BYU opens up at Virginia. That Virginia team stinks. BYU loses that game. Why does BYU lose that game? 
Boston College in 06. That's a really good BYU team. They lose that game in double overtime. It, BYU just struck, obviously, Michigan last year. Fourth Michigan game State of the year. year. And West Virginia is the fourth game of this That's year. That's a scary spot because BYU ran out of gas last year. Two time zones, fourth week of the year after a brutal start, just yeah. like BYU had last year with Nebraska, Boise State, and UCLA. Now, Mississippi State's intriguing. I, I was inclined to maybe lean that way. I went with Arizona like you, but Mississippi State won nine games last year, but they lost Dak Prescott, one of the most dynamic players in college football. He was he was uh, Taysom Hill-esque throughout his career. First team All-SEC guy. They, they returned all their other rushers besides Dak Prescott, but mm-hmm. Prescott was the leading rusher. The next closest guy had 413 yards. That's not, that was like Francis Bernard being the leading rushing Rusher returning. Their like quarterback. Like good, but not the best dude probably throw out there. Their quarterback with 588 yards led the team. Not rushing, with 1,000, with, a thousand, yeah, with 588 rushing. The leading returning quarterback uh, completed 11 passes last year. Now, now, it is SEC dudes, though. Here's the thing. If Brian Logan were here, he would say, speed, speed. SEC teams generally bring in speed. They're going to be tough in the trenches. That's a game in October. Is BYU bruised and battered at that point? That could be a tougher game than maybe we think. But not all SEC teams are created equal. I know the SEC banner uh, flies high among those fans, but there are some teams that stink in that conference. Who's it going to be? Well, the SEC media thinks that Mississippi State is going to be the worst team in that division. I don't know that that means they'll stink. I think that they'll be at least be okay. I'm not sure they'll have as many playmakers as they need, though. I wish they did a whole poll for the SEC so we could see where Mississippi State fell. So we could see if they were the worst team. teams. Yeah. Like if they're seventh, but then the SEC West is one through seven. Yeah. And then the East falls yes. below that. that. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and an SEC team in Provo, that's a quality game. Like the SEC, obviously greater than any of the other conferences. Jeremy and I both think that the worst – Worst being the operative word that Jerem chose this morning. Power 5 opponent on BYU's schedule will be Arizona just because of all of the question marks. We're not saying Arizona is a bad team. We're just comparing Arizona to the other five Power 5 teams on BYU's schedule this year, and they are the worst of that group in our opinion. A case for Mississippi State, picked to finish last in the SEC West. West Virginia was picked to finish 7th in the Big 12, which is 10 teams. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, so, uh, so they're in the bottom four. Of they're that in the bottom four of that league, and they only bring back four defensive starters. They got speed. They got a returning quarterback, but they have no defense this year. Yeah. So make your case. Make your case and sound off on our Twitter question, but not before we reveal our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's six Power Five regular season opponents is tied for the most in school history with 2013. BYU in that regular season was eight and four. I would take that. And how? What was their record against the Power Five that year? I'm trying to remember. They beat Texas. I'll look. They lost to Virginia. I want to say three and they four. Beat Ge- they beat Georgia Tech. Ugh. Yeah, three and four. I'll, I'll look. Including the bowl game. Okay, Jerem is looking right now. While Jerem two and five. Oh, two and five. Oh, sorry, two and four in the regular in season. the regular season. If BYU can go three and three, I'll take it. Yeah, how many, how many games will BYU win against Power 5 teams in 2016? It starts on September 3rd. Countdown to the Wildcats. 50 days. 50. Nice round number. Five. That's fun. Zero. You know what I'm counting down to? Almost more than 50 is 48. That's until college football starts because it's that Thursday night. That first Thursday wait. is so fun. Yes. 
Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. What is the worst Power 5 team BYU will face on the 2016 schedule? Coming up, five years after going number 10 overall, Sports Illustrated writer Jake Fisher explains why this could be the final year for Jimmer's shot at the NBA. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Follow us on the social medias, people. Starts with Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation, Facebook, BYU Sports Nation as well, Instagram, and then BYUSN on the Snapchat. We have asked you all to judge (laughs) in our Twitter question today. Judge the Power Five! (laughs) Who is the worst Power Five opponent BYU face in 2016 and why? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Melocopter says, West Virginia. Not really, but I'm trying to start a rivalry with a Big 12 team. There you go. Yeah, who was the school? Oh, it was Bob Diaco of uh, UConn. With South Florida, was oh. it? He's like, yes, we are rivals, <laughs> we and we have rival. like a trophy and everything. South Florida's like, what? <laughs> what <laughs> Wait, just happened? What? what? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that was really funny. It, okay, let's have. No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> if BYU was in the Big Twelve, who would the big rival be? It'd be Texas. TCU it would have to oh, be, it'd Texas. be Texas. That it makes would sense. Have to be Texas, right? There'd be something with TCU though. True, because right? they were like, old like West the Coast. Utah State equivalent, where yeah. it's like, I think this is. A rivalry? Yeah, I disliked TCU football <laughs> a lot when BYU was in the Mountain West. Because they were better. Yes, they were good. Yeah. They were really good. BYU got, had their number. Oh, uh, six, it's seven. It's funny. The way, it. that, the way that yeah. Gary Patterson used to pull up his pants used to really bug me. I'm like, oh, that guy just bugs me. <laughs> it's but he's, fun- a, he's it, a fantastic coach. It's funny what annoys you. Like, if, if someone annoys you generally, like, they're good almost. At, they're good at something. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're better. They're, yeah. Their hair smells like cinnamon or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Then all of a sudden, like the way they pull up your, their pants annoys you. Yeah, Why does that bother? Who cares? I, I, know, I know, I know. Pull up your pants, Gary. It's all good, dude. Pull up. Yeah. Pull, yeah. And wear your little visor, okay? It's, it's all good. I would love to see Gary Patterson back in Lavelle or Stadium. That would mean something, right? At Kiki Dean, UCLA is the most overrated. Point Kiki! And Utah is the worst in general. But on the field is Arizona. Our win will kick off our Power 5 victory lap. I really think that that first game is extremely important for BYU's success. Well, I, I have a hard time envisioning BYU losing to Arizona, but having a really good season. Because I think that's one of the, the games that BYU needs to win that's, that's there for the taking. If Rich Rod on Media Day is saying, we don't know what BYU is going to do, he's saying that now? Imagine in 50 days when number seven rolls out there, oh. and he's like, what against a, a defense that was in the hundreds? Can BYU put up 35 to match Arizona's explosive offense. I just had one of those visceral moments. Yeah, yeah. Like thinking about the day Are you that, crying right now? that BYU takes the field <laughs> on September 3rd. Very excited. And the emotions involved in that and seeing Taysom Hill run out of the tunnel with number seven. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, this is kind of a sad music. No, this is. I know, is, we need like a. I need some we inspirational need, we need like, music. Like, like the Forrest Gump thing. dun dun or Rudy or, Rudy. or something, yeah. Yes, yes. Da, 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 da. Rudy! <laughs> Everyone's going, Rudy. And then the one guy go, is going, Rudy! Anyone else notice that? Rudy! Yeah. 50 days away. 50. 50 days away from BYU in Arizona. At Tyler underscore Magnum says, <laughs> Utah! Well, because you know. 
<laughs> Who is the worst Power 5 <laughs> opponent BYU will face in 2016 and why? If, if you missed it, we both said Arizona. On I, the field, I, I and think, we're going yeah. strictly on the field. Now, a lot of people are interpreting this question to be, who do you dislike the most? Oh, that is, that is clear. <laughs> we don't even have to talk about that. <laughs> At Steel Team Riley says, it's science. It's the Utes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like anything. If there's a dartboard and it has the opponents up, all the darts will magnetically go towards Utah. Like, they won't go at Arizona or Michigan State oh or UCLA or West Virginia or any of those teams. Use some logic, people. <laughs> take away. Don't. Take away. What are you doing? <laughs> you, yeah, okay. Use some logic when it comes to BYU and Utah with the blue goggles on. Yeah, right, man. Oh, I do see. It's oh. clearly. Oh, it's clearly Utah through this. Yeah. <laughs> At Still Team Riley finishes his tweet with this. Since 2012, Michigan State has gone 25 and 7 in the Big 10. Since 2012, Utah has gone 16 and 20 in the Pac-12. Well, they're not playing a Pac-12 team. They're playing BYU. Oh, wait, isn't who BYU? they've beaten five times aren't, in a row? Aren't like they BYU... the pseudo member of the Pac-12 South oh this gosh. season? Pseudo, yeah. Pseudo, <laughs> listen, when you're in Indy, you say words like pseudo and caliber. De facto. De facto, yeah. You're not, you're not in, you're pseudo, a pseudo member. At Bill Herlin. Good grief. He says Utah too. Do I need a reason? Because they're Utah. Hashtag blue goggles. Man, yeah. Every, every, everyone riding Utah pretty hard. Listen, if you think the Utah fans are insufferable, listen to yourselves. BYU, <laughs> if BYU... Either way, if BYU beats Utah, oh my gosh. <laughs> if BYU loses to Utah, ah, ah. It's good. That, that's what makes it fun, though. I love that game. Putting the risk of, of yes. having someone rub it in your face for yes. another year. Yes. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you live in Utah County and you're a BYU fan because that, sorry, uh, no, 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 Salt Lake County, because that's the toughest place. Outside. Of Utah, we've talked about this. The visceral for the negativity towards Utah is not as strong. Yeah, it's I've, really strong closer to home. I've here. had some people from Kansas City and from Tennessee and Kentucky and Florida say, "I've got Utah fans in my ward, and it's just as bad here, man." <laughs> but just because there's the one, guy. I go to church with these guys, and they yeah. don't—it's terrible. Yeah, it all depends on your proximity, right. to the rivals' fan. My stepdad is a huge Utah fan. To be honest, that was the only thing I held against him when my mom married him when I was 13. <laughs> I was like, are you serious, mom? Like, he's super nice guy. He's been great. You know, it's been like 20 years or whatever. He, everything's great. Except watching games with him is tough. And guess what? He lives in Arizona. I, I think he's going to the game is he gonna with be, my mom. Is so, he going to root for BYU? No, no. Good grief. At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 says, to be honest, Mississippi State won't really give us any positive. We lose. We look bad. We win. Power fives won't think much of it. Well, people in the SEC West might not think much of that win because they voted Mississippi State last. But enough football for now. Let's turn the page to NBA basketball. Sports Illustrated reporter Jake Fisher joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Recently wrote an article on Jimmer Fredette and the latest in his chase for the NBA. Jake, nice to have you on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. What did you learn about Jimmer Fredette in your latest story on him that maybe you didn't know before? Oh, I learned a lot. Um, I had never had the privilege of speaking to Jimmer before I met up with him at a uh, the Vidar Hotel lobby uh, later last week. Um, very nice guy, very courteous this time. Um, 
I talk to a lot of people who, who spent a lot of time around him. Head coach Mike Malone from the Nuggets, who spent Jimmer's third season in Sacramento. Uh, had nothing but high praise for his basketball IQ, commitment to the game, how he's tried to progress as an overall playmaker. Um, talked to former BYU teammate Brandon Davies about him, and said that they, uh, they both have fighting blood in their veins. Um, talked to a New Orleans Pelicans development coach, Fred Benson, who spent a lot of time with Jimmer. Uh, who spoke at length about the Pelicans' development plan for him, both defensively and offensively. So definitely learned a lot about how he's truly, really become committed to finding a role on an NBA roster, being an all-around playmaker off the bench for the ball, instead of just being a guy looking for his own shot. He's now really committed to trying to make plays for his teammates out of the pick and roll and drive and create open looks for guys in the wings, uh, as well as compete more defensively on the perimeter. Two things that stuck out in your article are what you just mentioned. Was that offensively he's working to be better in pick-and-roll situations? And then two, defensively. Now, there, there are a lot of bad defensive players in the NBA. For some reason, Jimmer gets, his defense gets picked on, but uh, you know, Jamal Crawford, no one's talking about his defense. or what a, you, know, you can name a, a gajillion guys. Why is it that his defense gets picked on the most when there are plenty of other guys that can't play D? Uh, you, could, you could make the argument it's because he is white. Um, you could make the argument it's because he was this college superstar that the superstardom didn't translate to the NBA. So in the fact that he had this lofty reputation and expectations that he wasn't able to meet them and continue over and compound that with the fact that he hasn't really been able to redefine himself a la J.J. Redick and carve a role in the NBA, it's kind of the criticism was naturally fallen on him for why hasn't he at least bought in on a defensive end. Not everyone has read your article, and if you haven't, it's a good read. We'll tweet that out on our BYU Sports Nation account. So walk us through what you have learned about Jimmer in respect to what he is doing and what he has done to try and improve his much-criticized defense. Um, he told me that recently he's been playing a lot of one-on-one basketball at Chauncey Phillips' own training facility, D1 Fitness, out in Denver. Um, that is kind of designated to keep your man in front of you, obviously, because if you let him in front of you, or, yeah, if you let him behind you, he scores. Um, to me, I think that's not really enough of an effort. Playing one-on-one in, full, in the full half court gives you a lot of room to recover. Um, I think some of the drills that he had been doing in New Orleans where he had to turn a coach every three dribbles and he um, had to put a towel around his head holding holding with his hands to keep his hands out of the play and uh, move his feet defensively. I think more drills like that are going to really benefit him down the line, but it looks like he has had some success uh, relatively speaking in summer league being able to compete on the defensive end. Uh, just based off of the one-on-one work he's done out in Denver with Chauncey Phillips this summer. Jake, I have a hard time. Uh, some fans think, uh, you know, oh, Jimmer hasn't been given a fair shot yet to show what he can do. I have a hard time after five years agreeing with that sentiment. Do you think he's had a fair shot to show what he can do in the NBA? Uh, I, I think it's fair if you made the argument out of the way. Think about it. He was in a pretty tough situation in Sacramento, an, an unstable organization for his first three years. He got waived midway through that third season, picked up by Chicago, and then spent one year in New Orleans, 
with a team that was really all in trying to make the playoffs around Anthony Davis. And then last year, um, he got invited to training camp with the Spurs as a 15th guy. So there really wasn't a lot of margin forever there. Uh, and then when he got called out to the Knicks this season with, the, with, with uh, after playing in the Westchester D-League team, um, Kurt Rand was pretty open to the media about he really didn't want Jimmer on that team. So you could make the argument he hasn't had a, a, a totally fair shake. But I, I would have to agree that he's had a lot of time. It's just been a matter of the fact that he hasn't really been able to develop a well-rounded game, all-around game to this point. And I think we're finally starting to see that in some of this week. If there were an NBA team that was a best fit for Jimmer Fredette, who would that be? Well, I'm from Philadelphia, and I, I, I do some work talking to Sixers, so when I tweeted out the Jimmer story, um, my timeline was pretty much immediately filled with some guys uh, suggesting that Jimmer would be a good veteran fit in Philadelphia. Um, I, I, I tend to agree as well. Um, they're kind of full at the point guard spot, actually. With They have Sergio Rodriguez, they have Jared Bayless, they have T.J. McConnell, and of course Ben Simmons is going to be playing a lot of point forward. But I think it's a combo scorer off the bench. You can kind of do some damage in the second unit and take some pressure off the guys. And the team's also overall devoid of three-point shooting. I think Jim Ricketts is there. Um, I think there's a, a lot of younger teams like that who have some cap room that could take a risk on, a, on, a, on an older guy who might be a, a positive uh, reinforcement in their locker in terms of a veteran presence, a hardworking guy. I think that'd be a great fit for Jimmer. Jake, do you think Jimmer will be on an NBA roster when the season starts? Uh, he definitely will. I think he's definitely done enough to earn a training camp invite. Um, with that, he's going to have to play his butt off in order to really make the opening night roster. Right now, I'd probably put the odds on a 50-50. I think it really depends on which he ends up in a, in a solid situation with the right opportunity. And um, from there on, it's going to have to be the shots have to fall. He has to continue to play, as Mike Malone stated, or as, as Mike Malone stated, non-mistake basketball in order to continue his progression back into finding a spot in the league. If Jimmer Fredette cannot find an NBA home this season, in your opinion, is it time for him to go play basketball in Europe? Yes. He's already turned down many lucrative offers there this summer, so the market will be high for him, and he'll make a ton of money that will help his family, uh, his wife and their dog out in Denver. Um, I absolutely <laughs> it, it, it would be time, yeah. Hey, dog food ain't cheap, man. <laughs> hey, Jake, we appreciate the time. We enjoyed the story. Again, we'll tweet that out on our BYU Sports Nation account. And uh, we wish you the best uh, in your NBA coverage, man. Yeah, thank you guys for reading. Thanks for having me. You got it. Jake Fisher on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I really liked what he said about Jimmer being a veteran presence in a very young locker room. I mean, even though he hasn't played a ton, he brings maturity and stability, and he's a steady guy. And so I think that honestly could help the atmosphere of a young locker room. So that's something I did not think about at all. Yeah, and I liked what Jake said there. He brought unique angles, which this story is kind of getting old for me. It's like when so- it's like the Big 12. It's like, tell me when he actually makes an NBA roster, but 
Talked about his defense. Talked about his pick and roll play. So Specific things he's, he's doing. Been, he's been a better overall player in this summer league. Coming up, one of BYU baseball's rising stars tearing it up in California. His name is what? His name is, huh? Sicka Sicka Slim Schneeman. Daniel Schneeman up next. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. Yes, it's only been four days now, but the BYU TV app is on Xbox One, so check that out. Download it today. Let's refresh today's BYUS and headlines. Tanner Mangum, quarterback named to the Walter Camp Award watch list given annually to the player of the year. I believe there are 40 people on that list. And 15 quarterbacks. Very nice. Last night, Jim Fredetta had 12 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals for the Nuggets against the Jazz. We just talked to Jake Fisher of Sports Illustrated, who produced a nice article on Jim Fredette. Great insight from him. If you missed that, download the show podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. Oh, boy. Do I have to do this again, Jerem? Yes! Let's go to the Royal Troon with an update from the Open. Daniel Summerhays finished his second round at the Open Championship earlier today. He is currently tied for 60th after shooting two over par. As of now, he is above the projected cut. Jerem? Thank you, Albus Dumbelinton III. <laughs> You're the second version of that because the first one died in the first one, really. The first <laughs> oh. move. Every time I do that, I can just see people cringing like, stop, Click. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and Brendan Lund has been promoted to single A from the Orem House to the Burlington Bees. The Bees play tonight against the Lansing Lugnuts. That's a real team at 7.30 Eastern. Burlington, by the way, is in Iowa. Iowa. There you go. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, a man who played with Brennan Lund on the BYU Baseball Diamond last year, Daniel Schneeman. Daniel, welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. I have wanted to ask you a question for a very long time, and I'm not sure why I didn't ask it in the season. It just kind of always escaped me. But how did you pick your walk-up song, which is by Eminem, and it's Slim uh, Slim Shady? Uh, Well, I used it in high school, so I used it my senior year. I honestly don't remember. I think, well, I feel like it kind of fits me well. Uh, I mean, in the weight room, I always wear, like, a beanie super low. And so people would call me like Eminem and some shading stuff. So <laughs> that had a little bit to do with it. But I mean, my teammate style was pretty funny. My coach, Coach Littlewood, didn't love it, but I mean, <laughs> I, thought, yeah, I don't think he'd mind too much. I now call you the Slim Schneeman. Is that okay? That's that's definitely okay. <laughs> I, okay. And, and and I've been calling you throughout the season Daniel Sun because I think you look yeah. like Karate Kid. Has anyone ever no, told yeah. you that before? Oh yeah, I get that a lot from randomly from people so yeah i'm pretty i'm used to both of those it's pretty good the karate kid and uh eight mile mix i think is is a good one but you're you're playing with the uh, chico heat in summer ball uh, in california i know you played fun teams like the portland pickles what's the uh, summer league like uh it's a lot of fun you know the competition uh is, is pretty good you know the guys we're facing are uh, getting me well prepared for the season so it's just been a grind playing every day i think we play like 53 games in 60 days. So oh, I think it's uh, I think it'll be good for uh, getting me and Keaton prepared for the season. So it's been a lot of fun. Daniel Schneeman batted 318 with BYU in 2016, a member of the All-West Coast Conference team uh, for the Cougars. You just mentioned Keaton Kringlin. What have you learned about Keaton? I know he's one of your closest friends, but what have you learned about him playing baseball with him in the summer in Chico? I mean, he's just a happy guy. You know, if say if he's frustrated, he gets out. He, I mean, he gets he gets over it right away. So he's he's set a really good example of moving on from from like past events. So if he's struggling. 
he's always he always keeps his head up. So he sets really good examples, and and just everyone loves him. I mean, he's just an awesome guy. He's a, one of the happiest guys you'll ever meet. So it's, it's a perfect guy to come to summer ball with. You know, he's being one of my best friends. I'm rooming with him next year too. So he's just a great guy. A lot of fun. As a uh, former, uh, as a return missionary, beware the burnout factor with the individual guy, right? You, you, you hang out with him so long, you're like, I need a co-. Spencer and I hang out every day. We would just advise <laughs> to sometimes have some space. But in playing, yeah. in playing the game, is there a burnout factor at all that uh, you try and avoid or stay fresh somehow during the summer? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is that, like, every day you want to come out and play hard, but, you know, since we got so many guys, usually, you know, you'll get a day off every once in a while because, I mean, they know that this the summer is just preparing you for the season, so they don't want to, you know, risk energy or risk energy and, uh, and injury, excuse me, or anything like that. So, I mean, the coaches, I mean, we got trainers too, so they're always making sure we stay healthy and, you know, if we ever get hurt, make sure to go to them and not try to keep playing through an injury or anything like that. But, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they are, our coaches are making sure we're healthy, and uh, but it's just a grind, you know, playing every day. It's, it's exhausting, but it's we're having fun. Which aspect of your game are you working to improve the most this summer? Well, me and Coach Pratt work a lot with my swing, so I guess. Um, just working on my swing is the one thing I'm trying to improve, you know, like the flaws, you know, for example, like the inside pitch I struggle with. So, you know, just trying to adjust in the box and it's a perfect time to work on these things for summer ball. So, I mean, it's been good, you know, seeing, uh, just getting better as a player and, uh, also me and Keaton, you know, trying to get stronger as well. So that's a really big part of it is getting stronger. This next season uh, is a big one in that I think there's some angst given the way uh, the season ended and you guys didn't make a regional. Is it regional or bust for you guys given the way the season ended? Uh, you know, we try not to focus, you know, too much about that. We we uh, we just try to play our game. We don't like um, our coach doesn't want us thinking too far ahead in the season. We just try to take it one game at a time and and play our game, and uh, we just try to hope for the best. You know, it's a uh, it's really, you know, you just got to get hot at the right time, you know. So we just uh, we try to focus on you know playing our game and having a good time. So we we don't like looking too far into the season. We just try to focus on the on the moment. Okay, we'll we'll do that for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll look way ahead for you. We got that, man. <laughs> Daniel okay. Daniel Sneeman with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Daniel, what made you initially want to play baseball for Mike Littlewood at BYU? Well, I knew uh, I knew he had uh, a, a great program coming. I mean, my, I talked to him a lot, him and uh, the assistant coaches, and you know, it just got me really excited knowing the the coaches we had. You know, knowing that they're going to make this team, you know, way a lot better. And uh, so, just knowing, cause for example, I mean, he took a Dixie State from I'm pretty sure it was a junior college to a Division two national championship school, and so just knowing. How good of a coach he was just got me really excited and, and uh, want, really wanted me to, to want to play for him. Are you uh, the – you have to win the job, I imagine, or maybe not. Are, are you going to be the shortstop next year? Uh, I'm, I mean, that's where I want to play, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. we got a couple good, uh, really good freshmen coming in, so we, I'm just going to 
focus on playing my game and wherever coach needs me, needs me, that's where I'm going to play. But if you had your pick, that is your most comfortable position, shortstop? Yeah, that's my that's my most comfortable position. Do you play tonight? Uh, yeah, we play at 7 against Sacramento still. Are you in Sacramento or Chico? I'm Well, well Sacramento travels uh, – they, they play all away games, so we'll play in Chico. But I'm actually – we had a three or four days off or two or three days off, so I came down to San Diego to spend some time with my family. Did so you go to the I'm All-Star missing... game or anything? No, yeah, yeah. we uh, Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. We, uh, we, I just watched it with a couple of buddies. But, I mean, knowing it was in San Diego is pretty cool. But, um, but no, yeah. Uh, yeah, I came home to spend a couple of days with my family. So it was, it's, it's nice to have a little bit of break. Daniel, it's been great to talk to you, man. We wish you the best of luck uh, with the Chico Heat. Uh, tell Keaton to keep a smile on his face. Not that that will be a hard thing to do. Uh, because I don't, think, I don't think I've ever seen him frown. Yeah, by the way, have you ever seen him angry, ever? You know, I have. I mean, I've roomed with him, so sometimes I can get on his nerves with, uh, <laughs> you know, doing stuff he doesn't like. I don't know. but Wi-Fi didn't work one time or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, because he plays Xbox a lot, so he gets frustrated <laughs> during his games and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we know how to get under his skin now. Daniel, thanks for the time, man. Uh, congratulations on uh, all you've accomplished, and best of luck the rest of the summer. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Daniel Steeman on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Two things Daniel didn't want to say that I'll say for him. Yes, it's regional or bust for BYU baseball. Standards <laughs> high. They're a really good team. And then two, he will be the starting shortstop. He's, gonna be, he's going to be the starting shortstop. He like, is a really good baseball player, and he played a lot at the hot corner, uh, but his, his natural position is shortstop. And there's a glaring vacancy there with Hayden Nielsen. Four-year starter, out. Yeah. Daniel Slim Shady Schneeman third in there. Mr. Schneebly, <laughs> School of Rock. <laughs> the karate Daniel kid. Daniel's son, Mr. Schneebly. Yeah, we, we got a lot going on there. There's so, so much stuff happening with Daniel Schneeman. <laughs> Good grief. Up next, Daniel Summerhays is playing professional golf in Scotland. And pretty well for that point. Jimmer Fredette will play in more or less than one NBA regular season game this year. We discuss that next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out on a Friday in Studio B. If you happen to miss any of this show, you can catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. For great behind-the-scenes content, check us out on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's BYU Sports Nation. Snapchat, it's BYUSN. Yeah, Snapchat's a different beast. It's, uh, it's a different take on the show. So if you're not yes, a, it is. If you're not a snapper... <laughs> then don't snap. <laughs> snapper Jones. There's just, Portland Trailblazers. I'm going to be honest. It's, there's some weird stuff. There's it's some weird, weird, man. There's some weird stuff that like we to, do on Snapchat. Hey, like to get weird. <laughs> Who is the worst Power 5 opponent BYU will face in 2016 and why? At Chaplin O'Neill says, maybe not the worst. Mississippi State most likely win because mm. of rebuild, especially at quarterback, and they play in Provo. Hot, humid to dry altitude matters. Yes, it does. They've got to go to two time zones now. Bring it. And they rarely do that with a first-year starter at quarterback. That makes a huge difference. Time to play more or less. More or less on BYU Sports Nation. More. You, you got to pick the higher or the lower of the presented number for all of the following topics, starting with number one. Number one, BYU will beat more or less than three Power 5 opponents this season. We make it hard because we say three, so you have to go like four plus or two or less. Because I think like my initial inclination is three. 
My my initial inclination is three. You gotta go. You gotta go buffer below. I want it to be more, but I'm gonna say less. Okay. You want it to be more. Of but, course, I want it to be six. But the last time BYU faced six Power Five teams in a in regular the regular, season, they went two and they four. Went two and four. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I'm going to say more, and here's why. Okay. BYU will beat Arizona. BYU will beat UCLA. Whoa. Okay. Ha ha ha. You didn't say a certain other school there. BYU <laughs> will. <laughs> You skipped somebody. BYU will beat Mississippi State. <laughs> and, and, and who else? And BYU will beat Utah. Oh, there it is. You say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I put the pressure on you. Yeah, okay. Number two. Number two, Jimmer Fredette will play in more or less than one NBA regular season game this coming year. <sighs> this one's tough, too, because I, th- what we're hearing from Jake Fisher, if you missed it earlier from Sports Illustrated, is that he is playing a better overall game, and there might be a spot. He'll make a training camp, he thinks. Will he play in a game? I'll go more. Last year, even though he was in the D-League all year, he at least played yeah, in a game. Yeah, he got into some games for the Knicks. So I think he gets into at least two Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Jimmer Fredette will play in more than one NBA regular season game this year. Now, the number of minutes he plays in those games, <laughs> that is a I different conversation. Yeah. DNP, DNP. No! Let him in. DNPCD. Thanks, Kurt Rambis. Yeah. Number three. Number three. BYU football players will win more or less than a half major football award. Less. They're not winning one. This is not the year to win one. BYU hasn't won one, by the way, since 2001. It's really hard. It just is. That's not a knock on the program. You just have to be crazy. You want to talk about elite. Winning a major college football award is elite. Who has the best chance to win one of those major football awards? Taysom Hill. Not Johnny Linehan. He's the best at his <laughs> position, I think, on BYU's yeah. team. Yeah, he, he is the most – he'll be the most recognizable if he has a big game because comeback story. Well, but what if it's Mitchell Jurgens for the Werfel? Oh, the Werfel Trophy. Now, is now, that considered a major football I, award, I though? I would not put that in there because it's We're talking about the, the Dope field. Walker, the like, Heisman, like, the Walter Camp. Trust me, that's great. The service community, that is fantastic, and, and that's important, but – yeah. Talking about a guy that's going to be honored at the ESPN annual award show. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm going to go less. It's so difficult to do. So, you have to have a crazy good season to yeah. be the best at any position in college football. Number four. And finally, Brennan Lund hits more or less than 300 for the Burlington Coat Factory Bees. This is super <laughs> easy for me. It, he's way over 300 for Burlington. Mm. He was one of the best batters in all of Division I college baseball, over 400 for a majority of the season. He was batting 397 with the Orem Owls. If Brennan Lund didn't bat over 300 in single-A Burlington, he would look at that as a major failure because he's got a super high standard for himself. He's, he's over 300, no question about it. More. He batted 397. He can bat over 300 at the next Yes, game. absolutely. That takes care of more or less. Our Twitter question today, who is the worst Power 5 opponent BYU will face in 2016 and why? They've got six of them. At DYoung1993 says, BYU is basically in the Pac-12 South, just like Notre Dame is in the ACC, right? Um, Close. They play five games. BYU plays three. (laughs) But yeah, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Coming up, another BYU Cougar headed to the Rio Olympics, and we get you ready for the rest of your BYU weekend with the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Elvis, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tanner Mangum was named to the Walter Camp Award watch list, given annually to the Player of the Year. Also, Mississippi State was picked to finish seventh in the SEC West in the league media poll, and the Pac-12 South 
UCLA is favorite. Utah was picked third and Arizona fourth. And also West Virginia picked seventh in the Big 12 media mm-hmm. Men's basketball. Last night, Jimmer Fredette had 12 points, five rebounds, four assists, and two steals for the Nuggets in a win against the Jazz. Brandon Davies and Kyle Collinsworth played against each other. Both played 11 minutes. Collinsworth had four points and three rebounds, while Davies had no points and grabbed a couple of rebounds. Track and field. Tatenda Tsumba has been named to the Zimbabwe track and field team for Rio 2016. Congrats, Tatenda will compete in the 200 meters. Going to Cougars in the minors. Brennan Lund been promoted to the single A Burlington Bees from the Orem Owls. The Bees play tonight against the Lansing Lugnuts at yep. seven thirty Eastern. There's volleyball. Oh, yep, there is more baseball. There was there? more. There's I guess <laughs> we're skipping it. They said volleyball. Team USA lost <laughs> Italy in the World League uh, finals last night in four sets. They play Brazil today at two thirty Eastern in Poland. The US has to beat Brazil in at least four sets to advance to the semifinals. Cougars in the PGA. <laughs> I was hoping it would come up. <laughs> Daniel Summerhays finished his second round at the Open Championship earlier today. He is currently tied 59th after shooting two over. And Jerem, he is now above the projected cut. Jolly good. <laughs> the projected cuts at three over, so he's going to make it. He's going to make it. I, I wasn't sure at the beginning of the day it was one over, but that has slid as as uh, a lot of people have finished. You know who? You know who's at three over? Jordan Spieth. Mm. Right mm-hmm. now, Jordan Spieth mm-hmm. is at three over. Yeah, I feel kind of bad because I overlooked uh, the baseball guys. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a throw him a bone. Jacob Brugman had a three run homer last night against the El Paso Chihuahuas for the Nashville Sound. And then in parentheses is written, Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that in there. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Cole pitched last night for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Five innings. He only allowed one hit and one run. Well done. And Jonathan Mayo of MLB.com reports that the Cubs signed Mike Rucker for a cool $180,000 That's signing, signing bonus. That's signing bonus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it? A lot of notables. Let's go to Tenda Sumba, uh, who made the Zimbabwe track and field national team. He's going to Rio. He's an Olympian. That's awesome. Congratulations to Tatenda. Our Twitter question today, who is the worst Power 5 football opponent on BYU's 2016 football schedule? Our elite tweet of the day from at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 says, Utah, for the same dang reason I don't wear red, there is no such thing as a good loss to them. Hashtag this is our year. Amen. Thanks to Jake Fisher, Daniel Schneeman, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS. Utah took over the answer to that question. Show on demand, BYUSN.com, audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Tom Ladd. We're back to work on Monday. Jolly good.